Hello, my loves, and welcome to the podcast, All Things Empath. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created All Things Empath to be a space where sensitives and empaths can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journeys. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener. Because feeling all the feels, healing from past trauma, old patterns, and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel super confusing and sometimes, honestly, super lonely. But you are not alone. There are more and more of us sensitives and empaths waking up every day. And the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform not only you, but the entire world. And it's why we're here. So I invite you to join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I am so happy you're here. Enjoy. Hello, dear ones. It is officially summer. If the weather hadn't already confirmed that for some of y'all, the summer solstice earlier this week on the 21st certainly did. And I hope that you are finding rest in the shade during the sunny days and sipping lemonade and enjoying all of the sweetness that summer has to offer, whether that's vacation with your family taking time to yourself a little bit more in the garden or swimming holes or hikes, whatever that looks like for you. I hope that you're enjoying this season. Um, I know that I certainly am here in my newer hometown of Asheville, North Carolina. I'm still in the honeymoon phase where every time I walk out on my front porch and I see the mountains or drive down the freeway and see the mountains. I just break into this huge grin. I'm so grateful to be here in this geographical location, in this body, in this lifetime. And uh, this is just an invitation for you to reflect on what you're grateful for, if you haven't already today. As we dive into this episode, um, I am going fully freestyle with this. I actually had planned a different episode uh, and had you know taken some notes and drafted some ideas and and then uh, the universe had other ideas for me. So last night I I had an unexpected conversation with my best friend and one of the things that came up uh, in that talk with her was the idea of guilt um, and that's been coming up for me a lot lately and so it felt like you know what um, I'm gonna go with that flow. And I'm going to, I'm going to take that breadcrumb and I'm going to follow that trail. I'm going to say, you know what, if it's something that is coming up for me, it's probably coming up for y'all as well. And we'll be really supportive to explore and to feel into. So guilt, what's the deal? Um, it came up a little bit on our last podcast episode, talking about the, the balance between the masculine and the feminine, the seen and the unseen, the tangible and the ethereal. Um, and in the feminine side of, of creating space to rest for ourselves, one of the reasons um, or one of the things that comes up when we think about taking time for ourselves to rest or you know just meet our needs in general, as empaths and 
often as people pleasers, um, that feeling of guilt will come up a lot. And, um, you know, so just exploring like, what is guilt? And, you know, guilt, it is not a good feeling. It feels gross. And, um, it's really an easy, it's an easy feeling to get taken over by and to just kind of, uh, lose you lose yourself in. Um, I found that to be true for myself and that my inner critic, like that's her weapon of choice. <laughs> it's just like laying on the guilt. Um, and it's, and it's, there's a lot of different layers to it. So I'm going to swim through the the depths and the layers of this and just feel my way through it with y'all and share some of my own experiences and understanding uh, of guilt. So I think this goes, there's, there's going to be, I imagine, um, if you've been listening to this podcast, there's going to be some things that come up and you're going to be able to see some common threads and some dots connecting to some other things that I've talked about. One of which is, um, you know, creating, creating that space between what it is you're thinking and feeling and you and, and the truth that you are not your thoughts. You are not your feelings. You are the awareness that can perceive your thoughts and your feelings. Your thoughts and your feelings are the weather. You are the sky. And this is something that I talk about quite a bit. It's something I need to remind myself of on a regular basis. It's a part of my internal weather report practice that I do at the beginning of any embodied movement practice. And that and sometimes when I just first wake up in the morning, kind of depending on the day and, and how my morning is getting started, where I just like take a moment and listen and tune in with the intention that I am the awareness that is doing that tuning in and that what I find within my thoughts and my feelings, it's just information. It's just information for me to, to look at and to help me make more educated decisions about my actions and my choices in that moment and in the days to come. So I think, you know, and I know I've spoken about this before, but, but this practice takes the the value judgment away from our thoughts and our feelings because, um, and, and it takes away some of that feeling of defensiveness as well for me. Um, because then I'm not attached to my thoughts and feelings, like who I am as a person, my value as an individual is not attached to the, the thought and feeling state that is existing in the internal weather of myself at any given moment. And it's one of the most empowering things as well. And it's tied back to radical responsibility where, yeah, you know what? Like I'm not my thoughts and feelings. I'm the awareness that perceives my thoughts and feelings. And when I create the space to invite inquiry around my thoughts and feelings, I can make more informed, educated decisions about how I show up for myself, how I show up for the world. And I think that's a part of radical responsibility. It's that acknowledgement that I have the power of choice. And that power of choice is much more felt 
seen and um, palpable, malleable, actionable when we continually remind ourselves and how, or I should say, when we're continually aware of and intentional about creating that space and that awareness of our thoughts and feelings. Um, so, all right, Lorianne, what does all of this have to do with guilt? Well, guilt can be both a thought and a feeling. <laughs> it can, it can, it can dwell in both places. We can have thoughts around guilt. We can feel guilty and often have a real of like an internal dialogue around what that guilt is and why we should feel guilty. Again, guilt is kind of my inner critic's weapon of choice um, a lot of the time. And so there can be these internal dialogues and narratives around guilt as well. So that, that thought and feeling of guilt um, can really can really have an effect on my vibration and how I'm able to show up for myself and how I'm able to show up for other people. Um, if I'm stewing in guilt, the ability for me to, to show up as a high, as the highest version of myself in service for others is going to be diminished. It's just the way that it works. <laughs> there must be a delivery person or maybe my neighbor is working in the yard next door because my dog Kubo is very fiercely protecting our territory. If you can hear him in the background, that's what's going on. So guilt, thoughts, feelings. Um, I think when we're thinking about guilt and inviting inquiry around it as a thought and feeling, um, it's for me, the information that's there is it's a disconnect that guilt to me is a signifier that that there is a misalignment between my actions or how I'm showing up and my belief and what I hold to be true and real for myself um, or even sometimes subconscious beliefs about the way I should be showing up in the world. And so when I'm feeling guilty, it's a sign for me to look at where, where is there a misalignment between my actions and what I believe? And sometimes it's about things that are really true for me, that I really deeply believe and, and that I hold dear in the way that I want to intentionally show up and in my life and for other people. And in that case, and then I can think about, okay, well, here's the misalignment. This is what I do. And, and still not allowing that guilt to permeate my worth as a person and make me feel bad about who I am. But again, using it as information to see where do, where do I recalibrate? How do I pivot? What needs to shift for this to be corrected? And then sometimes when I, when I look into it and I feel into it, the belief is bullshit, <laughs> you know, and it's like not something that I actually believe. It's something to do with societal programming. Sometimes it's around my identity as a woman and how I'm meant to show up. Sometimes it's around my identity of a healer 
and how I'm supposed to show up. Um, and sometimes it's rooted in um, limiting beliefs and mindsets that were created as survival patterns from traumatic experiences that are still, you know, deep in my subconscious. And it, and if that's the case, if the belief is bullshit, then I can come up with a different kind of action plan around doing work with that belief, um, some self-care and some uh, self-love practices. You know, it there's a whole host of tools and resources depending on whatever that belief is that I can then lean on um, and help to kind of coach and coax myself away from being steeped in and soaking in that feeling of guilt. And this is this is important, I think, for everybody. Um, it's also especially relevant for empaths and sensitives because we are so finely attuned to other people's thoughts and feelings. And so what I've experienced myself is the projection of other people's beliefs and expectations onto me can also really affect me in a way that makes me feel guilty. And so when, when I invite inquiry around guilt, that's an added layer. Like, is this even mine? Is this even mine? Um, or is this something that's been, you know, thrown on to me by somebody else? And again, not a value judgment, just information to then make informed decisions about how I'm going to take action. And, and I think that is just, I know I'm like a broken record on this, but it's, it's a total game changer. The more that I practice taking that value judgment out and taking that like emotional charge away from whatever the thoughts and feelings are, and just really thinking about them as information to help me make a more educated decision about the next right steps for me to take. It is so liberating. It is so fucking liberating. It is an absolute paradigm shifting game changer. And so I invite you to play around with that, um, to, to really, and, and I know I have an episode about this as well, but you know, to really create some space in your day to day, it can just be a few minutes. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm spending an hour investigating my needs and creating space to feel. No, no, no. It can be like five minutes. But the thing is, it's consistency. So finding out what feels accessible for you about the frequency of this check-in and then sticking to it consistently so that you start to build trust with yourself and you start to understand and develop a language with yourself around what your needs are, what your thoughts and feelings are, and to practice this non-value judgment, this compassionate honesty, this invitation to inquiry, to thoughts and feelings as information so that you can make educated decisions for the right next steps. And, and for me, one of the analogies that really helps is thinking about, you know, we talk about healing as a journey, life is a journey, it's not linear. And, you know, um, I, I, one of the analogies I use too is thinking about when I'm working with my clients, 
that we are kind of mapping out this course. Um, you know, we I, I've been in this terrain before. I can help you map out the course. I have, uh, you know, some ideas about shortcuts. <laughs> I have some ideas of, you know, where the best rest stops are and where the cleanest water is that we can stop to take a break and take a rest and drink. But ultimately, you're the one walking the steps on the journey. And so I find those kind of travel map making analogies to be really um, relatable and understandable. And I would say that this has to do then with your compass. That this act of, of removing that value judgment and using your thoughts and feelings as information to help you make an educated decision about the right next steps, that's your compass. So this practice of creating space to do that for yourself is allowing you to have a much clearer read on your internal compass. And that's a really important fucking instrument when you're traveling (laughs) uncharted territory, which is what life is, right? I mean, you know, it's an adventure. It's a journey for sure. Um, and, and, you know, if you continually create that space to tune in and use your compass, you'll never be lost. Even if you don't really know where the end destination is of where you're going, it may be corny, but I find it to be true. (laughs) And, And it helps me to think about it that way. Um, sometimes because you know these are very like they can feel like very high level or unattainable or kind of ethereal concepts and i think that these analogies help to ground them and make it feel like oh okay that makes sense that makes sense and sometimes when we know the why of it um it 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 enables us to be more accountable to following through with the with the steps of it so one thing that came up when I was talking earlier and thinking about guilt, um, and we were talking about what was it, the beliefs and expectations, um, and sometimes of yourself and sometimes from other people being in misalignment with your actions as a, a way of feeling guilty or leading to the feeling and thoughts of guilt. So, I think it's important here to talk about expectation versus intention. Now, of course, you know, we have no control over other people's expectations <laughs> of us, right? Um, but we can, we can, again, like have that invitation to inquiry around like, is that expectation reasonable? <laughs> or like, is it rooted in something else? Or is that an expectation that I hold for myself? Does that expectation feel true and right to me? Um, And I think there's a a broader conversation about expectation and intention. And one of my mentors um, had said to me years ago um, that expectation is premeditated resentment. Expectation is premeditated resentment. And that was a big shift. Just, just that on its own and thinking about how, yeah, that's where like the coulda, shoulda, woulda comes into play that can really make me feel guilty and can make me resent 
myself or other people. It's because I have this like this need to control. It's rooted in control. Like this is how it's going to be. This is how it has to be. And then in the way that things unfold, (laughs) as they often do, as they usually do, uh, how often are expectations met exactly and perfectly? Pretty fucking rare. There's always going to be an unexpected something. And so given that there's always going to be an unexpected something, having expectations can really lead to resentment and guilt. Now, I would say the other side of that coin is intention. And that intention is premeditated possibility. An intention is premeditated opportunity. Because you have a greater vision. You still have desire. You still have a vision of of how you want things to be. But there's an element of faith where there's a letting go of control, which is really challenging for us as human beings, um, that allows the magic of serendipity and of the universe to come in. That intention creates the space for the universe, God, source, whatever you want to call it, to do its thing and to work its magic. And so I wanted to just bring that in here because it felt important. It felt significant in talking about guilt. Um, you know, we all have God within us, but none of us are God. None of us are fully omnipotent and all powerful beings and creators of the universe, right? Like as much as we like to pretend perhaps in the day to day, that we have total control, we don't. And to pretend that we do is to set ourselves up for a fool's errand, right? And that, I feel like, to a large extent, is what expectation is. It's setting yourself up for failure. Whereas intention is setting you up for, wow, who knows? Possibility, opportunity, sky's the limit. So... For me, that's another thing that I like to feel into and think about and and really use as a lens when I'm looking at guilt, resentment, anger, some of those heavier emotions and thoughts, uh, patterns of thoughts that are coming up is to see, okay, well, where, like, where in that, what is expectation? How does that, how do I feel about that? How can I turn that expectation into an intention? And how does that shift make me feel? Um, And then, you know, thinking about what it is that we really believe. And if we don't really know what we believe, it can feel a lot more challenging to, to shift guilt to shift out of guilt, to shift out of anger and resentment. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's another piece is creating that, that space again, to really tap into like, well, what is true for me? 
knowing that that is going to change. Knowing that what is true for me today was definitely not true for me 10 years ago. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Look, I look at my life and I see how much I have grown and shifted and changed in the last 10 years. There are some beliefs that definitely still hold true. And there's some that are very, very different. I didn't even believe that energy was real 10 years ago. Like energy work, I thought was total BS, like, you know, whatever. Oracle cards felt really triggering for me for a long time. Like it was in a completely different place with spirituality and the meaning of the universe and my understanding of all of what that is, my conception of who I am and my place in the cosmos and why I'm here. It's been a journey. And over time, it's completely shifted. And I'm not even 40 yet. So I imagine that it's going to continue to shift. And I'm going to continue to have these experiences in life that are going to show me and unveil and uncover aspects of myself in the world that I'd never seen before or show it to me in a different light. And I think that too takes, it's a pressure gauge, right? Or a um, pressure release valve too, is, you know, that value judgment thing is one. And then this, it's like, it's not written in stone. (laughs) It's like, I just got to remind myself of that. Like, Laura Ann, chill out. It's not written in stone. It is an ongoing process. It isn't forever, you know, just be patient, be compassionate with yourself and just see what's true right now. And that can take some of the pressure off Um, and really let you feel into, well, what is true for me? What do I believe? And I invite you to sit down with yourself and write it out. What do I believe? And what do I believe about myself? What do I believe about humanity? What do I believe about my place in my partnership? in my family, in my community, in the world, in the cosmos? Why do I believe I'm here? What do I believe about the meaning of life? You know, just little things like that, (laughs) just to get a feel. Because I know, you know, we may have ideas about what we really believe in, but in my experience, sitting down with pen and paper, or if you're more of a talker, sitting down with your audio recording, to hash it out and to just give yourself the free, free reign of just exploring what it is you believe. Um, it's incredibly empowering, uplifting, and so insightful. And it's something that I use as a cornerstone to come back to when I'm feeling guilt or resentment. It's to come back and, and look at, okay, well, how does that figure into what I believe? Um, because what you believe, it's just really an acceptance of something as true, right? <clears throat> and, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why, pardon me, I have a frog in my throat. I'm going to take a little drink. <clears throat> that's one of the reasons why Byron Katie's work called the work is so powerful. One of the first questions that you ask in that work, is this true? 
And the next is, can I absolute with, can I with absolute certainty know that this is true? And that brings it back to, again, everything is shifting. Um, so deep thoughts with Lorianne, <laughs> just, uh, bringing it back to belief, I think is really important and using that as a cornerstone and a foundation to help guide you as you're feeling into your compass. You know, what is your true north? What is your true north? Um, and that's your belief. So for me, um, I know I saw really incredible shifts as I started to, to give myself permission to tune into what my beliefs were and are, um, and create space for that, that led to my reinitiation into faith and spirituality. Um, and that I, I don't think I would have made it through chronic illness and sobriety without that. So I think that's what I've got for you today. Nothing else is really coming up for me around guilt at this moment. Um, you know, I, I strive in these episodes to, to give you all tools and resources. I know that in, in past episodes, I've got the internal weather report and other things. I'm actually working currently on creating a new resource for y'all called the Empath's Guide to Thrive. And it's kind of an expansion of the Empath Healing Toolkit that I have on my uh, website available now for you. If you haven't already, please go get your copy. <laughs> it's just this really easy checklist. It's just six points that um, you can start to work on incorporating into your, your day-to-day life and attached with each of those um, each of those items on the checklist is a, is a live resource, like an audio or video that you can go in and use to, to help you develop these, these daily practices, um, in, in your toolkit so that, that you can start to really lean on them on the regular. And it's gonna, it's gonna just create massive shifts for you. If you start to incorporate all of these in your day to day, all of that to say, if you haven't gotten yours yet, go ahead and sign up. And if you have, uh, not yet subscribed to my email list, not only do you get this empath healing toolkit, but then moving forward, any other resources that I give to my community, you'll have access to that as well, including this empath's guide to thrive. So definitely uh, check that out at sensitivecollective.com. I'll include a link for that in episode notes. And as always, I love hearing feedback from you. If you have questions, don't hesitate to email me, lauraann at sensitivecollective.com. I'll link that in the episode notes as well. And I'm just so grateful for y'all being here with me today. I've just been feeling into, um, you know, every single person that is touching my life and y'all are big, you're a big part of my why for showing up in the work that I do. And I'm so grateful for your love and attention and the kind words when you send them my way. Um, and any feedback that you have, I'd love to hear from you. (sighs) 
Let's take a couple deep breaths. That felt really good. In through your nose. Out through your mouth. Let's do that two more times. In through your nose. Out through your mouth. And once more, in through your nose. Sigh it out through your mouth. You are an amazing, beautiful human being. And I just want to remind you that you're doing the best you can where you're at with what I've, with what you've got. And I love you.